It's a somber day for Klal Yisrael at the beginning of Parshas Nitzavim. It's Moshe Rabbeinu's final day on planet Earth. Moshe Rabbeinu gathers together all of the Jews. He tells them, Atem Nitzavim Hayom, everyone is standing here today. In a strange turn of events, Moshe Rabbeinu and Klal Yisrael make another bris with Hashem. We make another covenant with God. Now it's interesting because we already have a bris seemingly still intact. How about the bris bein habesorim? Why are we signing a new covenant with Hashem if we already have one that's active and working? So Moshe Rabbeinu addresses this question. In Pasuk Tesvav, Moshe says, Ki atem yedatem, mitzrayim. I know that we have dwelled you know that we have dwelled in Egypt. When we have passed through lands, amongst other nations, the Psukim continue that Klal Yisrael has seen things that no little Jewish boy should ever see. Klal Yisrael, an innocent and holy and special and pristine nation, has now been exposed to the lowest levels of indecency, of idolatry, harlotry, and obscenity. Explains Rabbi Rucham that we needed to make a new bris. We needed to make a new covenant. There was a crack in the old one. And indeed, Maishir Rabbeinu in Pasuk tells us, It might be that a man in the congregation, any individual will hear of this pact. And he will think in his heart that I am blessed and I'm good. Lamor saying, Shalom yi Peace with me. I'm going to go and do my thing. Those are the words that we will talk about, loosely translated, thereby adding the watered upon the thirsty. Because of what Kalal Yisrael has been exposed to, it was now a necessity to create a new commitment to Hashem. Ramban explains the final words in the Pasuk. This is the downfall of being caught up in desires and lusts. Ramban tells us, The way that it works is that if you have a desire, you have an itch, a craving, and then you scratch it, it works counterintuitively. Your desire now only grows once you have reached the itch. Once you have properly scratched it, once you have reached satiety in that specific desire, it now balloons even bigger. It only grows with every scratching of the itch. Think of the Tzfardea, the frog in Mitzrayim, that every time they hit it, it turned into another frog. Taiva. Lust works that once the itch has been scratched, it only grows in size. And more of a desire must be fulfilled in order to scratch the next itch. An innocent Jew might have seen something that they shouldn't have, and it's something small. It's not even that big of a deal. And the Yitzhar comes, and it's, well, it's not really that big of a deal. He gets involved in it to some small extent, and it balloons and grows and becomes something much bigger that he had ever wished to be involved in because the way that desires and lusts work is that... The more that you try to fulfill it, the more that it increases. Without holding anything back, you should look at the Ramban inside. It's a scary and quick downward spiral for this individual. 
He first tries any sort of scratching of the itch and any sort of lustful endeavors. It may be with somebody or something or someone of the same gender and perhaps even animals and look inside to see of the terrible future waiting this individual. This is an important topic because this is something that the world is obsessed with constantly throwing in front of us obscenities and low-end ideas and some of the worst immorality brought right up to the surface in front of everyone to see. The Mishnah and Pirkei Avos tells us that three things remove a person from this world. That is kina, taiva, and kavod. Jealousy, desire, and honor. Searching for these three things are personal pursuits, things that are fully involved in yourself and things that can take you and remove you from the world. Rabbeinu Yoyna comments and tells us taiva actually hits the brain before you even think about it. It comes before a machashava. It just hits like a wave. Even the Ben Sora Umora from a few parshias ago was punished and killed now for all he did was take a bit of wine and some meat from his parents and yet he's put to death. And perhaps it's because that taiva, that physical pursuits of pleasure for ourselves that are filthy only get worse and worse and grow and build and balloon into a monster that we had never intended to be a part of. But it starts at a very small and innocent place. So what can we do? Should we roll over? Should we just turn over and say, nope, then I can't fight it, so there's nothing for me to do? This is too much of a beast to battle. The Sabah Mikhelm tells us the answer. The answer is to learn to say no to the small things. It's to teach yourself that I'm in control. It's to learn to say, I'm not going to have an extra piece of chicken. Perhaps I'm not going to have another glass of wine or another cup of soda. Anything in a small area where you get to say no. A person who is free is somebody who can tell his Yetzirah, his own desires, no. Learning to say no is the way to battle back. Nipping taiva in the bud, eradicating it from its source, taking it out before it even begins by saying no. In the small things, no. If we can habituate ourselves to this small two-letter word, it can be a major tool we can use to battle back. We pray for the day when Mashiach comes and God will shecht the Yetzirah and we will eat from the Leviathan. And then God will circumcise our hearts, removing that lustful disease. But until that day, we must learn to say no. No to the small things and to battle back that when the Yetzirah comes, the evil inclination, we can look him in the eyes and say, not today.